Happer and Shaper. He says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why? Why are you yelling at me? Whatever. Make me a bicycle clown. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Shaper. My boy's wicked smart. This is Happer and Shaper. Welcome back in 9 o'clock hour of Happer and Schaefer here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer, Mike Schaefer with you. Uh, here in about 10 minutes, we'll be joined by Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. We will chat with him about basically everything Schaefer ranted about in the 8 o'clock hour. Mm. Like, what are we doing here? What's next? We're in a constant state of evaluation. Of ourselves. And the evaluation does not reflect strongly on what we have seen in front of us. No. Also, the Adrian Martinez situation and how uh, much of an effect that has on what's to come as well. So we'll do that here in a couple minutes. Austin Allen has declared that he is not coming back for next year. He said on Twitter yesterday, uh, he made a hype video, and it said... I, it, it was just a video. It wasn't like a hype video. But he said one more time, so that means he's going to play against Iowa and then go to the NFL. Yeah, I'm really happy for him. Uh, he is a, one of those guys I got to cover the recruitment of, got to know him pretty well. And then he's always kind of just been, you know, available for interviews. And he's been up there and he's talked and he's gone from, you know, a backup kind of tight end that would occasionally see the field to – a leader on this offense, a leader on this team, someone that's vocal in terms of what he feels like is happening and what wasn't happening. He was always a good post-game interview because he was relatively blunt about what occurred uh, on the field. And he's he had a really nice you know Nebraska career, and he's going to cap it off with a, the all-time receptions – not all-time, but the single-season receptions leader at tight end could cap it off with a 14-yard uh, day as the – single season yardage leader at tight end hmm. jumping over junior Miller. And he's someone that I think he represents a pretty big, not so much what if, but a reason to, to sort of wonder if he had highlighted him more in the red zone, if Nebraska would have a little bit less offensive issues. And so he's, he's going to go down with a, a nice season, but it's just going to feel like it could have been better. Yeah. I, I, I will say that, you know, I didn't definitely didn't ex- expect him back next year, so the announcement doesn't come as any sort of surprise. No. However, I, th- I do think he's done a lot for his um, his draft stock or pro prospects over the last um, few weeks here, and they certainly highlighted him in that Wisconsin game, and he, he does a nice job. He, he can catch the ball. I don't think he's terribly explosive, but he's one of those guys who you can kind of throw it to and you trust they're going to catch it. He takes hits yeah. like crazy. He just feels like – his he's floor, really steady. It just feels like his floor for the NFL is a number three, but probably number two tight end. Yeah, like if Jack's just in there for special teams if, and in there for uh, goal line packages. If Jack Stoll can find his way onto a roster, I, I think Austin Allen probably could yep. do the same. Yeah, and so he's he's definitely going to have to get better as a blocker, but in terms of what he can give you in the red zone as a as a tight end, like it just 
I don't know. I hope Minnesota ends up with him. Do they need him? Probably not. But Minnesota! I would, I would love it. I'd be happy with that. Not that Minnesota. I think he's going to have a nice, long NFL career. Like, I, I'd be a little bit surprised if he's out of the league in five years kind of thing. You know, I think he's going to be six to, to ten year kind of guy. Mm. I, I think he has that sort of upside. Yeah. Uh, so that was yesterday. He will, uh, Austin Allen will not be back for Nebraska football. And that's one of the pieces to the roster that, you know, we're looking ahead toward next year and thinking well what's this thing gonna look like uh you wonder I, I i was he was on the field a little bit you you wonder if there is an opportunity to get thomas and thomas fedoni involved here i i expect him to be kind of a big piece of of what they're doing next year travis Voklek still has a decision to make at tight I, end he's got to be coming back right i would think so yeah i I guess I'm somewhat hopeful he comes back to give and you. And then, and then Tr- Thomas Fedoni could just jump mm-hmm. right into the Austin Allen role, basically. Yeah, and then behind that, you have um, you have Chancellor Brewington, who's been helpful for you. He'll have another year to get a little bit bigger. And then James Carney and AJ Rollins, who redshirted this year. You also have Chris Hickman, who we haven't seen or heard much of since the early part of the season. And Chase Androff comes in, even though I continue to wonder if Chase Androff isn't going to end up being a tackle. A tackle. So uh, he also plays for an offensive system that I think hits throwing the ball. Uh, it was less than, than 30 times that last look for really? the season. Yeah, so pretty run-heavy set uh, for, for Chase Androff and Lakeville. I think they're Lakeville South. That's Minnesota? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So Minnesota. So, yeah, tight end should be a strength. For for Nebraska again next year, especially if you get Travis Vocal. Like that. uh, yeah, that's a really good picture. Honestly, yeah. it, it it's you know even without Austin, and I don't want to minimize the the departure of Austin Allen, which like I said, I I kind of expected, but um, Fedoni and Vocalek, that's a that's a pretty good thunder and lightning. I think if Fedoni ends up being kind of what we think he he's going to, um, like I said, Sam will join us here in just a couple minutes. I wanted to get to a, a, just a few minutes of basketball here. Uh, I really like this quote from Fred Hoiberg last night. Baz Baz tweeted this out. I wasn't at the press conference. But uh, Baz said on Twitter, Fred, Fred Hoiberg says, many of Nebraska's players have been shooting over 40% from three-point range in live action during practice. And then here's the Hoiberg quote, maybe that's because of our defense. <laughs> Self-roast. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that Look, you could. that's one of the things that jumps out to you about Nebraska right away. I think they have a chance to be, and it's going to take some time, and they got to find their way through while it's not there. They have a chance to be a pretty good offensive team. I really do think that eventually because they have capable shooters. Those guys will start knocking down shots. That comes with time. But they're not physical. They don't necessarily defend well. They especially don't defend well without Trey McGowan's. And they don't particularly rebound well. Like it, you, you don't have that that edge, that toughness, that physicality. That say when you go and this, these are completely different teams in the way they're set up. But you go back to the last, you know, that that second to last Miles team that won twenty games. I mean that that team really dug in on defense, even though they were a little bit limited in what they could do. They had length, um, but they were bigger guys. They were a yeah. little bit more physical. This team set up a different way, but. You want to be able to maximize what you have on the defensive side of the ball. And Nebraska, uh, they they haven't done that. So whatever they have to do, maybe exert a little bit more energy on the defensive side. I mean, what, Tennessee State knocked down 13 threes last night? 
you got to run some more guys off the line. Yeah. Uh, you, and, and maybe some of it is just inherently you don't have a physical presence really in the paint either. That's going to be a problem in the Big Ten. So in order for this thing to really work, I see one option as of as we've been talking about for a couple weeks, and that option is you got to score the ball. Yeah. It, you you got to score the ball at a higher rate than they're doing right now. This sounds – it's such a dumb cross-sport comparison – but in a lot of ways, it's like watching a team kind of like Lincoln East play football where it's like, okay, you know that teams that just run it are going to have some success on them. They're probably going to have to play games in the 30s, which means your offense has to be able to put up those points to win it. So for basketball, you've got to be able to get better outside shooting. You have to be more efficient when you have the basketball. You have to maximize your individual possessions because you don't get a lot of second chance opportunities. Yep. And so all of this means you have to be a more efficient team, and they've just been really inefficient on offense to start the year. And I, I, and I think, I think that's that really cost them. I think that'll come. I just don't know what to, to what level. And you and don't how know how much how much can you erase yeah. the fact that you're not good defensively and you know struggle to rebound. I didn't right? even see a box score from last night. I'm looking at one right now. What do you want to know? Uh, how I I sent this text to Brunts. How how did Lat look last night? One of four from three. I didn't I didn't watch the game, but one of four from three. Yeah, what does the box score say for Lat? I suppose I should say uh, five rebounds, two assists. I feel like I'm always going to think that he is a bigger piece to this whole thing than he actually five ends up being. No, I, I think uh, D- DP put this well when I was talking to him one day on the post game show. I would refer to Lat as a floor spacer. You know, so if he gets the opportunity to knock down shots, you want him to. I just don't know how many times he's going to have to do that. He's he's out there to pull a big guy out. Yeah. And that's like I I know that seems like I'm minimizing him a little bit, but it's it's an important deal for what they're doing. I just want him to. So he's out there for 36 minutes. It feels like he passes up at least three yeah, shots a I game hate that I hate that for the like he'll get the ball he'll either do a pump fake or immediately pass it off but if he does a pump fake you know it's going right hand dribble into the center of the paint with no real plan of what yeah. he's going to do next because uh, he's a poor passer like that's the other thing is like he's when he's, that ball he's not a good him, ball handler when that ball goes to him and he's usually in the corner he's got to shoot right the ball. he's because he, the there's whole, no other option that's the whole purpose yeah. of his existence yeah and it's to, to shoot the ball, and when he doesn't do that, then he puts it on the deck. He's a terrible dribbler, and he's not particularly good at passing it. And so then it's just like I I cringe when you see this over and over, and then I kind of need him to be a little bit better in terms of the rebounding too. Like you're playing all of these minutes. You're, the, you're getting out-rebounded by Bryce McGowan's and Alonzo Verge half the time. Like you, you need to be a more physical guy, but what does he do? He just jumps straight up. He, they – the amount of times last night, and I wasn't paying that close to it, but I would flip my attention over from the, the football game over to basketball. You have three guys, none of them picking up a body, all of them just jumping yeah. in the air to grab the ball. The, like the point of the point of Lat ideally is for him to be like Ethan Roggy. Well, you yeah, know? You, you but like he be, doesn't he doesn't shoot as he doesn't shoot enough. You need him to be two and a half to three threes a game shooting six or seven times, and yeah. he took four shots and he made one of them. Yeah, uh, in 36 minutes, which is not good. If you're on the court that much, yeah. like it's, he's oh he's, he's played he, the most minutes of anybody. Look, I, I don't think 
he, he's not particularly interested in going inside the paint, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that's a well, bad right, thing. right, because he's not a back-to-basket to guy. What he likes to do is randomly drive, and then he's not quick enough to get to the hoop, and he's not, you know, he's not a facilitator that when teams crash in on him, you know you're getting a great look because of it. He's a pivot. His job is to either catch, shoot, or you know, catch gotta, and then he's got to get the ball thing. out to somebody else. He's got to shoot that thing. Yeah, it's just uh, it's frustrating. Breidenbach continues to be somewhat frustrating. Look, he just he's a. I don't think he's quite figured out how to use physicality without just bumping into people like a bumper yeah, car. He's a little wild. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> You hope that comes. I, again, I like pieces on this team. C.J. Wiltshire continues to probably be my favorite kind of thing that's emerged out of the, the early part of this season. I have confidence that they'll get to at least a, a relatively, I don't want to say sustainable, because I, I, I don't know that it'll be all that consistent on a game-to-game basis. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. But I feel like they'll get to a point where they can win basketball games with their offense because I because I'm, I know that they have capable shooters. And the offense is starting to look better in just the way it runs. Verge, I mean, you know, 10 assists last night. Could have had a couple more, if not for some missed shots. Um, and then Wilcher... Tominaga, uh, Wilcher is, is a good, consistent shooter at this point. He's he's a guy that I trust to shoot the three. Um, Tominaga will get there he, yeah, eventually. He's, he's been cold. But, you know, Bryce McGallans uh, has shown his ability to do it a little bit as well. Even Wilhelm can give you something there. Like, they'll they'll get there eventually. It, it, first of all, needs time. Where I'm mostly worried about is their inherent qualities on the defensive side of the ball, which are – especially without Trey McGowan's, they can't necessarily guard, they're not physical, and they can't really rebound. So how much is that going to take away from you on a nightly basis and put on the plate of your offense that is currently kind of still sputtering but needs some time? You know, that's that's kind of the big question right now. Not a lot has changed, yep. to be honest with you, over yep. the last couple of weeks. Uh, Sam McEwen of the Omaha World-Herald joins us now on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. What do you think about Happy Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving to you. What do you think about what's going on with basketball right now? I watched the game last night. Most of it. Um, yeah, I switched over to the high school. Uh, football, good decision. Um, which is good. Uh, you know, I, I I think you guys kind of nailed it. I've been listening in the, this morning. Yeah, kind of nailed it where they're at right now. Um, you know, I think they it's just kind of a work in progress. I will say this: the Fred. Fred's teams do get better shooting as the game the season goes on. Mm. True at Iowa State, it's true here. Uh, it was true last year. Um, they just had a COVID, you know, they had that month long COVID thing, and they came back and they were they were really bad uh, because who wouldn't be? But then by the end of the year, they got good again. And so I think as Fred kind of tweaks uh, as the season goes on, I think he tweaks a little bit and they they get better and better offensively. Uh, I think you can you can see that happening. Uh, you know, Burge, I thought, had a really good game. They do have inherent weaknesses as a rebounding team. And then defensively, you know, I, these are kind of, these are the kind of games where, well, I'm sure Nebraska's thrilled they want it, but you don't maybe want to bust out, you know, your wrinkle yeah. in Tennessee State. So there are things that Fred can do and Doc can do, I should say, uh, that, you know, you're not going to necessarily see 
uh, in a game like this, and, and they'll use it as needed. And uh, I'm sure you'll see some things against uh, North Carolina State and uh, Indiana and Michigan that, that maybe you didn't see. Uh, but this is a team that is going to have to play awfully hard and awfully well uh, to win, you know, uh, how many games they play in the Big Ten? 20? 20. Yeah. They're going to have to play awfully hard and awfully well to win eight. You know, they, they, yeah. without Trey McGowan, it's, it's going to be tough. So, um, you know, max effort, max everything. Uh, and they didn't, they didn't play with max everything last night on defense, that's for sure. Sam, we we saw the news last night from Austin Allen. He's going to be finishing up his career on Friday against Iowa. I, I'm just kind of curious, if reflecting on on his career, what has Austin Allen kind of meant to to this program over the last few years in your mind? Great leader, uh, good guy. Uh, I think uh, got got better and better and better. Sort of a template of what you would want to see a player become at Nebraska. Uh, you know, honest honest person, uh, I, you know, always a good person to talk to and cover. Um, I think, and Shafe, you would, you would, I think, co-sign on this. Austin Allen identified issues in, in the off, in the program years ago, you know, and, and he's been talking about it for a while, and I don't think it's necessarily things that he could all change because I think coaching chemistry counts too. But, you know, I remember him talking at the 2019 Minnesota game, you know, and he was a sophomore or Whatever you, whatever you want to call what he was that year, I guess a sophomore. Um, but, you know, I mean, I would have said that uh, he kind of understood some of the issues they had in front of him then, and there's still some of those now. Uh, but, you know, he, he worked his way into an NFL draft slot. I, I don't know what his uh, whether he is a you know, fifth, sixth rounder, but, but he should get drafted, and I think he's going to have a nice stint in the NFL. Sam, with the Adrian Martinez, um, you know, being out for the Iowa game and it potentially being a, a little bit more of a, a long-term thing for him, d- does that re-kind of calibrate where he might be, you know, where his head's at over the next couple of days as far as a decision on, on what to do next year? How, how do you see that whole process playing out at this point? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of movement, uh, within, uh, within that decision-making process. Uh, he's got to figure out if, uh, he, you know, so there's first, there's the pro option. Uh, is he anywhere, is he going to be anywhere ready, uh, to show what he has at the pro level, uh, in a combine or in a, you know, in a, in a pro day or, or, or anything. Uh, then there's the, uh, stay at Nebraska option, which is, you know, maybe contingent on who they hire a coordinator and, and what that person wants to do and whether that person has their own guy and, and so on and so forth. And then there's the transfer option. You know, he has the option to do that. Um, where might he go? Would he go closer to home? Would he go somewhere where there's a connection? Um, those, those kind of things are, you know, are, are there too. Uh, it's, uh, there, there's certainly some options. Uh, out there for it. So he's got, I think, three different, very distinct options, and he's going to have to weigh those. And, you know, um, I think Nebraska, you know, very much wants NIL to be part of the conversation and whether he stays or not. Um, but I also think, you know, uh, 
the head coach needs to get through this week, <laughs> and then he needs to take a step back and really think about, you know, this is this is the last year here. Um, I need to prove that we're making progress. How do I do that? Uh, how could I? How might we do that with Adrian? How might we not do that with Adrian? So on and so forth. So, um, yeah, that, that I think it's a big question that has a lot of different multifaceted yeah. conversations, and we'll just. We'll just have to see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Do you think Sam in a in a week's time Nebraska will have an offensive coordinator that's been identified as as who is going to be coming in and taking the reins to this whole thing, or do you think that we're looking that this goes into uh, deeper into the month of December than even you know early next week? Well, you know, uh, I I think I think you can maybe have somebody next week. Uh, if you feel like you've got a knockout option and you were able to knock out a, an interview, um, man, I just, and, and, and again, this isn't me talking as a journalist, but just me talking about what I've seen. This program has done so many things very quickly and very aggressively uh, off the field. And I don't know that those things have always worked. And so I, I, I think if, if there's a way to, to maybe be quick but not hurry um, and, and really get that hire right, and maybe it takes two weeks. I think you got to bring a person in and they got to see the place physically, and they got to maybe talk to some of the players there. Um, they have to get a sense of the place. They have to understand, you know, what it's about uh, and how, you know, ahead of time. You're going to talk to the media all the time here. So you have to be prepared for that. Um, you know, all of those smaller things. And, and I don't know. Like, I, they have, it has always felt like within Frost Program, there's always been a big rush to do everything. And I, I don't think it served them that well. Um, I think they've always tried to control variables very tightly, and I'm not sure that that's always worked very, very well. Um, they've always tried to add players as soon as, you know, as many as possible quickly as possible, as big as possible, as fast as possible. And, you know, I think it would be wise for them to take their time. I think it would have been wise for Scott Frost to take his time when he hired the original staff and really brought in and say, all right, what do we really need here? I'm not necessarily going to bring all of my guys along. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to let the Central Florida team go play its last game, all those things. And so we'll, we'll just see how Frost approaches it. My sense is, that he's actually going to hire somebody very quickly because that's what he's always done. Um, he's, he's, he vacillates between being indecisive and super decisive super fast. Uh, so my sense is that enough people have told him, boy, you really need to make this hire right away. I mean, you said this was a really important hire, so you better make the hire. And <laughs> I think he's, gonna, he's probably going to hire somebody pretty quickly, and, and, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, I think Nebraska should be thoughtful and patient, uh, but – but at the same time, uh, maybe they've got their guy, and they're going to be they're going to be ready to rock and roll on Monday. They won't announce it, <laughs> you know, you know how they are. But um, but maybe they'll have it ready to rock and roll, and they'll have something in place and somebody recruiting on the road pretty quickly. Sam, what do you think the Logan Smothers show will look like on Friday? I think you'll see some. I think you'll see a run game, controlled pass game. Uh, you know, something that that maybe gets him some success early quick throws to the edge. Uh, ironically, I feel like what you would want to do with Logan Smothers also fits 
what Iowa allows defensively. Iowa's defense is different than Wisconsin's, and I would actually make an argument that against certain offenses, Iowa's defense is better than Wisconsin um, because of the turnovers they create and the frustration that they can create on a team. I, for example, certainly Ohio been State's the case against Wisconsin Nebraska. In the Big Ten title game, and I think Ohio State's going to tear them apart. Uh, I really do. Um, I don't think Ohio State would tear Iowa apart. I just it, it, it's a, it's it's just a difference in style. So I think what Logan Smothers does, I think they're what they want to do can probably get you 14 to 21 points if you play it just right, and that might be enough. Uh, but they're going to have to play really, really well on special teams because Iowa's a great special team team, and they're going to have to you know play a, a, an elite game on defense with a broken, beat up defense. I mean that this is as you know beat up as the defense has been in a while. So uh, the odds are long, but but I think they can. I think they've got a shot. All right, Sam. We'll let you go. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll hey. see you on Friday. Same to you guys. Take care. That is Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald. A little rundown of where we're at headed into the Friday game against Iowa. We'll take a quick timeout. Mike Sauter of NEBpreps.com covered the state championships over the last two game two days. Um, we'll probably mostly talk about Class A last night. We'll do that next with Sauter on Hatbird Schaefer. Follow Connor and Mike on Twitter at Connor Happer at Mike J. Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Schaefer.